0: Welcome, everyone, uh, to the Monthly Ag Market Network Cotton Market Teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator of the program. We are, as you know, sponsored by BASF. We appreciate them making uh, this program possible. They are the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cotton Seed, and we're very grateful uh, to them. We're going to have a little bit of a different format today. We are going to start off with a discussion of the crop report uh, from our cotton panel, and then we're going to introduce our guest speaker, uh, Lou Barbera, uh, with with VLM, and and let him talk about the the market and give us his perspective on it. So, guys, let's open up just a discussion of the crop report. Just we'll just sort of whoever wants to take it, uh, just start off, and anybody else can contribute to it.
1: Well, it was a tightening okay. report uh, on the U.S. The U.S. side, they they, uh, increased uh, the little net consumption. There were exports. The bump in exports was higher than the cut to domestic consumption, so we had 200,000 bales more of demand and no change on the supply side, so a a somewhat tighter, uh, 100,000 bales tighter uh, U.S. bottom line.
2: I think that probably that's the the major feature of the report too. I mean, we saw sort of a, uh, a you know a mix and match sort. Of. I was looking for a expect last month. I was expecting a bit of a drop in consumption for this report, and you know it, it, we had some down in some places, up in others. So it sort of just you know canceled each other out, and that's an indication I think that you know the demand is still. It's still good, uh, despite some things that make you suggest otherwise. That combined with tighter stocks, you know, it, uh, in the U.S. particularly, that sort of bodes well for a, an unchanged, I guess, a moderately higher market.
3: Yeah, I really wasn't expecting a big jump in exports. I just figured that, the you know, the good export sales we had the last couple of weeks was just going to give them com- comfort not to lower them any more and maybe raise them a little bit. I keep forgetting about those differences between the Census Bureau and uh, the FAS sale number. And, of course, Census continues to show that, uh, you know, export shipments are greater than what uh, the weekly export sales are showing. So um, I'm sure at some point in time, I mean, there's a little bit of difference in the methodology, but I'm sure at some point in time, you know, those hopefully those things are coming a little closer together.
2: That's a good point because I was sort of thinking the same thing you were about exports. I just felt more comfortable with the number they had, but I had uh, I I didn't realize how wide that gap was now. I hadn't looked at it in a while, but
1: yeah, I'm sure that's the case. And I guess we can still expect a little bit of tightening on the supply side when they reconcile ginning and classing with their production number which I think right now that there are a few hundred thousand bales still apart but they don't usually do that till uh, a couple months from now
2: I I think that normally shows up in May
1: in May
3: yeah and it may may show up as early as April this year but you know who knows (coughs) but uh, yeah it looks like you know final production is going to come just Maybe just a hair over $12 Yeah, when it's all said and done.
4: Gerald, if you would share with them what you shared with me yesterday. if I'm not sticking my nose in a hole here. Gerald and I talked yesterday, and he said that I believe there are like 14 gens still operating according to the classing offices. And classings last week were around, what, 27,000 bales, and a couple of days ago, they had dropped down to only about 2,000 bales. I checked with a local gin in the Mid-South, and they were still operating. Probably the only gin in the Mid-South over in Arkansas. and They said they had another 28,000 gin. So, sales 12 with uh, a 12.1, I think it's going to be right on the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 4,
1: 480
4: it's, bales.
1: It's... it's uh... As of February first it would be twelve point oh seven million ginned. That's statistical bail, so Yeah.
0: All right. Any any other comments on the report?
2: It wasn't much of a I think- report in my as far as uh, you know, uh, being noteworthy, so I was kinda of waiting to hear what uh got that- Coming down the pike here.
3: All right. Well, it we'll, sounds uh, like it's your clue. It's your cue, there, uh, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, we we will circle.
0: We'll circle back around if anybody wants to comment more about this. But I want to introduce our, our uh, special guest, uh, Lou Barbera. Is uh, someone that most of us know. He is a partner with uh... vlm commodities uh, he is a very well-known m- cotton market analyst and uh... cotton options expert i've known lou for a couple of decades i think a lot of him lou thanks for being with us and giving us your thought on the on the cotton market
5: Well, thank you so much for having me everyone um, i think that there's a the, um, you know a, a bit of a surprise by uh... most people that we're up here this fast um, at least myself anyway, I think the one thing that was missed by almost everyone was the index fund participation levels. And uh, I'll admit that I definitely missed that. All the research that we had read and done showed that there would be a small amount of selling that came into cotton that turned out to be the exact opposite. Um, Index funds added about 15% of length uh, to their uh, positions on just about everything. Um, since uh, the 29th of December we had open interest in cotton go from 195,000 to 265,000 that's just a massive amount of allocation and we've been noting in our intraday um, reports that we saw all softs get bid at the same time it almost seems like there's a, a uh, function out there of buying New York softs and selling Chicago grains and I think that has proven to be quite lucrative Um, The amount of volume that we're able to generate in cotton despite having such a small crop is also quite impressive. We've set records all through the month of January for volumes traded on March, May, March, May, July deck. I mean, just about everything is trading more than anything. And, um, you know, not only did we have a short position by the speculator that had to get reversed, we're now starting to get a long position, but it's been commercial-type buying that's been taking us higher, and the sales sort of support that. But a lot of it's been done via the spread mechanism, so we've gotten uh, sort of a butterfly, sort of the old classic cotton and carry butterfly, by March, sell May, I'm sorry, sell March buy May one and a half to two times, and sell July. And it's worked out quite quite well. You know, you see May, July uh, floating with just about flat, and March, May got out as wide as 130. I mean, you're getting the merchant with cotton in his hands and carry on the board. It's a real good situation for them. Um, Common talk around hedge funds and other type of managed money people is that um, you know cotton can has the potential to get commercials off sides with their hedge position. This is not one of those cases, as we could see. They really didn't have a huge hedge position to speak of until just about two weeks ago. And even now, it's still well below where it usually is. I think merchants are comfortable. I think you have an overabundance of open interest that came in at one time to the market from a huge cross-strategy, cross-market allocation. Um, We're also seeing that uh, a similar aspect that we saw in the equities market, where in the options, you had just a large amount of selling coming in on volatility. Everyone likes to look at the VIX and how it's just been suppressed, even though the market looks overdone. We're seeing the same type of people come into our commodity sphere, where they're selling at-the-money volatility and buying futures. It's worked for a little while now, but uh, one has to wonder how long you can maintain volatility on an agricultural row crop. It's a little bit different that we're not as deep. The options market for cotton, even though our open interest is usually smallest of the softs, is exceptionally deep, Um, and we've started to see the cracks in that strategy start to come over the last couple of days just coming into expiry, but the amount of money that we've seen come in in this short amount of time is breathtaking. It's something, this is my 30th year in cotton. You know, other than 2000 and in 2008 when index funds finally got their hedge exemption, we haven't really seen this. So this is a new dynamic.
2: You said the index got involved. Excuse me, Lou. Was that tied to their reallocation or was that just coincidental to that?
5: Well, reallocation. Well, the reallocation was supposed to be a small amount of selling that came in, um, but it took everyone by surprise. I mean, in one day at the end of the month, they added 5,000 contracts, it seemed. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for our little market. Um, And when we got up near that 85 to $0.86 level, we saw record volumes trade uh, and that was supposed to be the level. And I'm sure that you guys can attest that we got a good slug of cotton bought out of the, out of the farmer hands. And, uh, you know, the market sort of churned through that. It didn't eat right through it because it was a massive amount of volume, but it churned right through it. And now you're starting to get, you know, everyone, the foreign growth that missed it the first time, that's going to take a shot right here. And, you know for all, all, it, it's almost like getting rewarded for bad behavior you missed it the first time you paid your carry all the way down and now you're back up in the same spot except you're 4 cents you know you lost 4 cents on your carry the first time i mean we'll take what we can get i'm happy the market's up here but i'm a little surprised about the amount of money that came in all at once which seemed like within the past 15 to 20 days
2: As I look at the, spec, uh, the commitment of traders report, it looks like to me that the, the commercials are still – there's a lot of room there if they decide they want to come after this market. Uh, are you seeing the same sort of thing there? Is that your sort of sentiment?
5: You know, it, it, you you would think so. I mean, uh, everyone – you know, we, we all saw the 2018 level – that we got to with spec participation, that was also a completely different dynamic on interest rates and margin rates. Um, I do think think that the spec can add more. If you look at a monthly continuation chart, just around 91 to 93 cents, there is a gap. Um, Although if you would have asked me two weeks ago if we had a chance to get that gap filled, I would have said it was about 10%. Uh, Now it's looking more closer to 30 to 40% that we try and get that gap filled i don 't know how that's going to help us uh, in the in the short term, but it looks like the speculator could actually put another chunk of position on i it, It's kind of interesting though, because a lot of our larger funds are not involved in cotton you know they're, they're, they have other soft positions, but still these larger funds are still sitting on the sidelines and you know, to be honest, from you know, we we like to make a big deal of price action, and it, for cotton, it's a great move that we that we're having right now. But think about it from someone on, on a cross-commodity analysis standpoint; they haven't seen a breakout yet. This is 72 weeks that we've been just about below 90 cents for all intents and purposes. So they're still waiting, and until they see a monumental trend change, which which could be coming. Um, a lot of the bigger guys are sitting on the sidelines, like the max position guys, where they have trouble maintaining their, you know, their reporting every single day. We haven't seen them. A lot of these are CTA and trend followers. And truthfully, the commercial has done a good job of buying dips at the right time. The commercial, for, for what it's gone through, not having carry for all of these years, which, as everyone can attest to, is just hell at times, has done a really good job of trading the market here. So, Lou, these funds
0: you're talking about,
5: these are funds that have in the, have in the past come into cotton. It's just oh. they haven't come yet. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been involved in cotton. In fact, some of them actually started in cotton. Um, some of the people that, that we deal with were actually cotton traders that, that were at other firms, and some were actually on the floor with us. Um, it's on the radar, but the world balance sheet is what holds them back and that's continually what we hear, and that's the, that's the other thing here, you know. This whole crop rally is really nice, but it's going to attract a lot more acres than people are going to be comfortable with. And um, you know, slowly Brazil's increasing their acres. I mean, today I think uh, in Cotlook, if my math is right, they were anticipating about fifteen point one million bales out of uh, Brazil next year, and that, and they lowered yields. I mean, I shudder to think what would happen if. Um, if their yields weren't as low as they're saying. Um, also, a lot of the cross-commodity analysis that we're seeing out of our hedge fund community is pegging acres 12.3 to 12.5 now, um, you know, in the US. Um, I don't know how, how accurate that is, but I know the cotton to corn ratio is pushing near 12 million. Um, I know people have a little bit more to say about that than, than I would sitting in, a, in an office in New Jersey. But uh, I can tell you just from what prices uh, are doing on strict price correlations without taking anything else into effect, it seems plausible about 12 million acres. Um, Our guys in the southwest are telling us that even further east uh, of Lubbock, you're starting to see people warming up the cotton again at these prices and the moisture profile that they have. And there's supposed to be another event coming, you know, uh, this weekend. So... I think it's actually a good thing. I, I may be in the, in the wrong camp here, but usually our best markets are when the U.S. grows a big crop, can sell our cotton. It's good for everyone. Truthfully, our, our cotton infrastructure can't take another year like last year, especially in the Southwest. So as, as much as you know, we're going to grow a lot of cotton, I think everyone else is too. We need it. We can do it. We can merchandise it.
3: So Lou, this is Gerald. Uh, you said that some of these funds aren't interested yet uh, because you know we're, we've basically been trading sideways for 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 seventy two weeks. But at what point would they get interested? Where would they feel where would they feel like the trend has changed? We got to get above ninety three, ninety five. I, I, um, I would think I would think that gap
5: was. I would think that gap fills at ninety one to ninety three that would be your first step. The crossing of the 50 and 200 day moving average would be the next step That, that would you know show a lot of convergence in things uh, that they would look at as far as from an algorithmic standpoint. The world balance sheet is going to be a problem for, for people in the long run for them to, for when they're inputting that the u s tells a great story i mean you know i know that we've gone way down on a 2.5 million bail carry out but i don't think this is one of those times with the amount of uh continent china's buying and also with the china buying they told us they were going to do this in 2018 they really did they came out and said that they were going to restock the reserve and then what happened we had trade war one trade war two covid lockdown one covid lockdown two fast forward to now I don't think they ever dreamed that they'd be getting cotton below 90 cents again. And they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do in 2018. They're restocking their reserve.
0: Uh, i I tell you what, we're going to continue to talk, but let's open this up. We've got, uh, we might have some people that'd like to ask a question of our panel and Lou specifically of you, so I'm going to unmute these lines and everybody knows how this works. If you're out there listening, just try to be a little bit quiet because it magnifies and it can get pretty loud, and I'll have to mute it again. But I'm going to unmute this. If you've got a question for anyone, if you've got a question for Lou, please go ahead and ask it. Uh, here we go. Any questions that anyone has? I know we must have some questions. We got a lot of folks on here and a lot a lot of non farmers on here. I have a question for you. All right.
6: This is Jeff Carnahan, USDA Cotton Market News in Memphis. Uh Lou, can you go back and talk about that ninety one to ninety three cent price range? And just the your your thoughts on that. Time sure. the timeline on that I guess.
5: Um, I mean, as far as timeline i mean that 's a great question, but uh, you know I think we 're running out of uh, time obviously on uh, on March, but uh you know from what we 're seeing as far as on the may contract you 're starting to see a concentration of option activity um, right up into the um, right, right up into the ninety two to ninety five cent area um, I do think that Gaps usually get filled, and I think that you're about to see if that actually comes true. Um, it's a small gap that's left on that chart, and I don't think that you're going to find uh, a better target point for uh, for the funds to see and get confirmation. And also, when that happens, you should have the 50-day crossing above the 200-day, which is always a good thing for us uh, as far as anyone looking at technicals.
6: Okay, that's that's interesting from a production standpoint because I deal with uh, you know producers and gins and things merchants, and the general consensus in the country is that it's going to take 90 cents on the December contract to get producers interested in planting cotton, partly because of the uh, their production costs. You know, they, they say they can't make any money at well maybe 88 to 90 cents. So that's kind of general to the group. You know, what, uh, what's the thoughts out there on on the market versus production costs and making some money?
5: You know, I, 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 I speak around to some people, and, and they're very nice to me, and, and they allow this, this dumb kid from New York to come and tell them what, what I think I know about cotton. Um, I, I've heard last year that people wouldn't grow it unless it was a dollar. Eighty-five cents if you can yield is a good price especially when you're looking at you know four dollar new crop corn and you know I'm a little I'm a little shocked that soybeans came back as well as they did but they definitely had the wind taken out of their sails and it's gonna be kinda hard to dissuade someone in the southwest with moisture to not grow cotton especially after growing um, sorghum last year you know sorghum cotton after sorghum usually has a good result for us on yield so uh, I mean 90 listen I think at 90 cents it'd be a no-brainer you'd, you'd have acres sure. exploding but I think sure. even here 83 to 85 in in the States if you have a good moisture profile and you can yield which we know the mid-south and southeast you really don't have to worry about I wouldn't be surprised to see acres up 10 to 12 maybe even 15 percent if we can continue this for another couple of weeks
0: Okay, great thank you all right any other questions
3: yeah, I've got a question. Hey, uh, so looking at the open interest on the options that are going to expire tomorrow, at least, at, at least as of yesterday, there was like, you know, 30, almost 30,000, you know, call options in the money and like, you know, 300 put options. Um, how would you think that that's going to – is that going to have any big impact? I guess all these shorts will be fixed.
5: Uh I I think a lot of the a lot of the march is already taken care of. Um you know, as far as the stuff in the money there's futures against it. God bless whoever that was. Um I I think a lot of that is already taken care of. The thing that stands out to me is the lack of upside protection in both the May and July. The May, as I said, between ninety and ninety five is where you have that concentration uh of somewhere around ten thousand calls. But the July there's there's nothing. There is nothing out there protecting the upside, which always makes me a little hesitant. You know, I know that, um, you know, if you're looking at it from an optionality standpoint, the skew is probably a little wider than it typically is right now on the calls. But as far as absolute value, it's still pretty low. It offers you a lot of protection for a little bit of money uh, for the amount of time that you're getting. And the fact that no one has anything out there is a little concerning to me. Um,
3: the, that, that's really uh, what
5: uh, stands out.
3: The implied volatilities right now, or what, roughly?
5: Uh, in in the May or July? Are you looking about twenty-one and a quarter in May, twenty-one point two five percent, and twenty-one point four percent in July? Um, so it's mean, still
3: pretty is reasonably cheap.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, on a it depends on what timeline you're looking at. You know, it's it's hard to judge things on a five-year timeline because. I mean, look what the last five years have been. It's been a dumpster fire, hot mess, you know, as as far as black swan events. But if you take cotton on a longer timeline, 18 to 20% is kind of home. It's kind of where we always lived. Um, I think that it, it still offers a very good value for anyone who needs protection to the upside, um, it's giving you an opportunity to try and sell at the money volatility and buy as much as you can on both sides of the market and protect yourself. All right, uh, let me get this.
0: Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, we're getting a little loud. Uh, any, any other thoughts before we, we go around uh, and, and ask for market opinion as, for, as far as where we're going? all right well look uh i tell you what lou give us your view of how high we can go and you so and you have touched on it some but how high you think this market can go old crop and then also new crop and also on pullbacks where do you see buying under the market
5: um uh, i think that you know your 91 to 93 cent target range is a good one Um, I do think that there are a lot of outstanding sales that people would really love to see the market get out there to to either have the sales perform or even the merchant be able to buy them back. Um, uh, The market has really done a lot in a very short time. It's added a lot of open interest in a short time. I'd be surprised if it went straight up from here. But I do think that as uh, you know, your May con- contract comes back near 86 to 86.5, you'll probably see a good amount of buying come in for naysayers who missed it and shorts up here that covered. Um, the market is trading a lot more of a spread market than it is an outright, and that's why I think you have the um, momentum as slow as it is. New crop. I think that it 's just how high you can drag old crop i don 't think new crop is, has a big story to the upside, considering how much acre how much acreage and what production is going to be um, in the southern hemisphere it, it, as always cotton is a demand market, so if we 're going to get you know consumption back up 118 119 then yeah you you probably can get a good december story getting you near 90 cents i'd be surprised to see it go near 90 cents it really would okay um gerald
0: give us your thoughts
3: um well we're here we're kind of where i thought we would where I thought we could go. I mean, once we started moving higher. I didn't think we'd actually see it, but I you know, I thought we could we had an outside chance to get here. And now that we're here I'm I'm a little bit perplexed in terms of how much higher. You know, you keep hearing people I'm sorry for all the noise in the background. I'm standing on my roof. Um the um uh, um Don't jump. I, I, I yeah. No they're doing a bunch of roof work. Um, but uh, at any rate, I I guess I'm hearing some complaints about at these price levels right now, it's getting harder to make sales. That doesn't mean China won't come in or, you know, somebody who actually really needs the cotton won't come in and, and buy it. But, it, you know, supposedly it's getting harder. So I'm, I guess I'm having a little bit of trouble getting, you know, bulled up. But, but hey, you know what? Uh, people are, you know, you've got some – some nervous shorts out there. I don't know that the trade has a whole lot of more selling ammunition. And if the specs want to come in and keep pushing this thing, they probably can do it, you know? So, you know, 91, as Lou said, 91 to 93 cents, that seems like a decent target. I keep thinking we're going to see a pullback and we just haven't seen it yet, uh, which is actually quite amazing to me. But, uh, Um, we'll get one, you know, when we're not really expecting one, um, the, uh, um, yeah, 86 to 87 cents would be about as far as I would think that we could, we could pull back at least in, in the current environment. New crop, I think December's got a real good shot at maybe going to, to 85, um, but 90 cents, uh, it seems like, uh. You know, unless we have another drought, and it doesn't seem like we're going to have it yet. You know, unless it just turns off. So, you know, eighty-five cents in new crop. Um, you know, ninety-one to ninety-three cents in in current crop. So,
0: okay,
3: I, I'm, I'm cheating off, (laughs) off a
0: loo here. All right, well, John, give us your thoughts.
1: I'm not keying off because re- I wrote this down before you started the poll. Uh, taking somewhat of a lazy approach and slapping a 10 cent range there, I would have an 85-95 range, which would encompass what the previous two speakers have, have said there. Um, and for December, I'm more pessimistic. If I use the 10 cent range there, I'd say 75-85 with taking Gerald's upper upper end there. I just think there's more. Uh, more pressure potentially. Okay, Kip. Well,
2: I uh, well I hate to go this late because it seems like I'm, I'm piggybacking other folks, but I'm going to have to kind of do that. I um, I like the, the low to mid 90s for, for old crop. Uh, it, it has potential because I I haven't looked at these numbers too closely. I looked at them this morning, but the spec looks like it has a lot of room and. The uh, if the ship they should decide to come after this market. And uh, I may be a little bit over uh, overzealous with that, but I think the potential is pretty good for, for old crop to go at least to that mid-90 level, maybe a little higher than that. Um, new crop, I tend to be pretty pessimistic along the lines of, of, of John, simply because I do think that we're going to get, um a pretty good response in acreage to these prices and uh and
5: you know maybe
2: old crop and I like the way Lou made the statement that new crop's going to be uh going to be dictated by how much old crop drags it up and I, I think that's a good way to put it um, consumption has held on better than I thought it was going to and that keeps us kind of with an underlying uh, Bid under the market. I thought for a while we should get a pullback and haven't seen it. So uh, it's time for me to give up, which means it'll happen. But um, I'm, you know, I um, I think right now the bias is a little bit more to the upside than down in old crop and and new crop. I think it's going to be difficult for us to hold its own because of
0: acreage potential. Okay, uh-huh. OA, have you got thought on that?
4: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm. Uh, finally, uh, out here by myself again uh, I, I like the idea that that old crop does go on and try to attempt a challenge to the mid nineties I don't know that we will, but uh Gerald has been preaching the eighty eight cent level for over a year now, uh, and we finally made it and uh, uh every time somebody would try to fall off of that wagon, Gerald always had it there, so he's proven to be exactly correct. Uh, and I wrote uh, about three weeks ago that uh, I thought new crop was 90 cents and I still do but I also had the caveat that I could not find fundamentals that support that But I asked John Robinson if he didn't pull together a chart for me and go back to at least uh, the year 2000 of the uh, high to low uh, during, the, during the marketing year and Joe O'Neill, the late Joe O'Neill, had told me one time that uh, that uh, a typically active cotton market will trade through twenty to twenty-five cents, and certainly we've seen it thirty cents uh, and uh, and more than that. I don't know, that, uh, at least on what John's produced, looked at those charts. We've never had anything less than twenty cents. We don't have twenty cents yet, uh, so I think I'm just looking at those charts, and I said, okay, new crop the marketing season has got to go above 90 cents. So I'm just going to hang my hat on that and tell you, yeah, I'm with you. I can't find the fundamentals, but I'm going to stick with the historical trading pattern. I think the psychological bias is there. So I still like new crops coming on up. And uh, I wrote last night to growers plant cotton. So... Give a gift to cotton today so we can get demand up. We've got to get demand up to do the, this new crop 90 cents. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, and, and wrap this up. I want to first thank Lou for leading us. Our discussion today was uh, an excellent meeting. Our thanks to our panel. And then again, special thanks to BASF for making this program possible. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you.